0: Hey there, welcome to our football show. I'm Chris Pugh. Got the great Peter Holland Jr. from the Canton Repository with us tonight. Uh, Pierre, how are you?
1: I'm doing all right. How you doing, Chris?
0: Good. I promise I won't fall asleep on you this week. <laughs> I, uh, little, last week, uh, we were doing this very late, and we're changing the time. Hopefully, this old man here, uh, black of me, can stay awake for this, but... It's early, Peter. If I fall asleep now, feel free to turn me into the doctor or something because I shouldn't be falling asleep this early at night,
1: right? Hey, man. All that matters is we got through it. I think that's all that matters.
0: We got Yeah. Well, if I didn't pull the ripcord, I would have been laying on the table. It could have gotten pretty bad pretty soon. All right. Well, hey, uh, we got a shorter time this week, which is good. Uh, let's talk some football. Uh, let's start out with the Buckeyes, who we usually start out with. I don't know, Peter. I hate to say it, I mean, Buckeyes won, what was a 49-10? I mean, that's good. (laughs) There's nothing against that. It just seemed a little blah for the most part. Uh, They played Rutgers. Rutgers kind of ran the clock out a lot. Uh, They played the defense that kind of took away a lot of the long uh, passes from C.J. Stroud. Uh, Buckeyes didn't have Travion Henderson and Smith and Jimna. Um, So, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it was a disappointing performance. I, I just felt blah after watching that. What was your take on how Ohio State did?
1: Um, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really see that game because I was like really balancing like other um college football game that was going on. But yeah, I my, I might have been keeping track, and yeah, I did saw that. Um, yeah the that um the final score didn't really tell the story of uh, that record against Rutgers. Uh, C.J. Stroud didn't really play too well. Uh, that, not that we would have hoped, but uh, uh, obviously uh, 13 for 22, 154 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Um, they were without uh, Travion Williams, that you mentioned. But I think what really got them going was, obviously, um, Mayan Williams, at least we saw the emerging of that, of that guy. Um, yeah. Having a big game with hundred. What, 189 yards and five touchdowns so even without even without Trevion williams they were able to run the football fluently and that got them through the game so they, they did. offense was really not out the up the part and yeah without Trevion and jackson jake but they're still playing, they're still good enough to put on 49 points on the Rutgers that which you would expect yeah and i think the other way of looking at it was
0: it wasn't the most Thrilling game, but then on the other hand, look at what they did with Fat Henderson and Jimba, where maybe at this time last year if you took those guys away, maybe that takes so away from your offense. But you know, you know, like you said, Maya Williams played really well and you know, it shows, it seems like it's a deeper team this year than last year, which will definitely help come playoff time, I imagine.
1: Yeah, it's good to have death and good to see some uh, some guys that you might not be too familiar with or see guys step in when your starters has been out. So like Trayvon Baynall, now, you got Bayern Williams and Jigba has the Um Jigba has been out, and you have um Yuka. E- that I think that's how you pronounce yeah. it. Yuka who's been their leading receivers these last few weeks. So it's good to have death all around who can just step in and they're incredibly young, so they gain the game experience as well. So at least with Ohio State, that wants to get everyone back and healthy. Uh, Ohio State will continue to roll.
0: Yeah, and think about this way, too. If, if these guys get healthy near the end of the year, they got rest. It's not like they're playing a full season. I mean, you know, you know maybe you get 100% Travion, uh, 100% Najimba, and who knows, maybe it's a blessing in disguise, you know. And, <clears throat> and again, hey, Buckeyes won by 39. <laughs> without a couple of the top guys. So, yeah, it was the most exciting thing in the world. But then on the other hand, hey, good for the Buckeyes. They got say, the win. win. That's all that
1: matters. Right. For Buckeye Nation, for, um, I'm sure Buckeye Nation will say a win's a win, no matter how poorly they played.
0: I was about to turn it off at the end because, you know, hey, it was a blowout. It was kind of crazy. But, my goodness, we almost had a coach fight. Um, the Buckeyes at the end of the game, they're uh, he kind of rolls out when he punts, and when he rolled out, nobody was near him, so he just said, screw it, I'm going to start running. He got about a 30-yard gain, um, and he got hit uh, out of bounds. was a late hit from Rutgers. Ohio State kind of came around the Rutgers guy. It got pretty ugly for a while, and Greg Shiano, the coach of Rutgers, ran across the field, got in the Ryan's uh, day's face, did a job back and forth, Um Coaches didn't fight, which I guess was okay. And after the game, they kind of, you know, brushed it off, and said, "Hey, it's it's all good. We just got in the heat of the moment." Man, it could've been great here. I mean, we missed a real big story.
1: Yeah, that was that was kind of interesting there. Uh, Greg Shiano versus Ryan Day. I'll, I'll ask you this, Chris: yeah. If those two were in a ring together, who do you think will win a, win that fight?
0: Um, Ryan Day's younger, maybe Ryan is probably a little bit better shaped than Chiano, but man, Chiano seems like a tough guy, kind of like the old dude, like you know, that old military veteran or something. that's going to get you or something. I don't know, maybe Chiano. Dude, I,
1: I know for sure Greg Chiano won't back down to anyone, and especially, oh, yeah. um, especially that. Uh, I what was his mindset, um, earlier in his coaching career? Is chop chop wood or something like that or keep yeah. on chopping. That was like that was like their mindset there. So Rucker Rutgers was tough back then when he was when he was coaching. So I won't hold that against him. I mean he's up in age now, but hey, he probably might have some some little um problems in him if if um, someone challenged him.
0: And you know, Rutgers clearly was not matched by high stake. I, I think with some of their tactics, they did good to keep it within 39 points by, you know, running down the play clock and virtually every play and everything. But to Shannon's credit, he was tough. He was screaming at the guys. I, he was trying to get them to play harder. I mean, I would, man, Pierre, if it was me and I was coaching against Ohio State and I had an inferior team, he, he, I'd probably get bored after a while. But, you know, at least to Shannon's credit, he played tough. And his guys played tough for him. It, it would just clearly outmatched. I mean, Ohio State's mm-hmm. eons better this year, so. Right,
1: right, right.
0: Well, we got a couple other things to talk about. Like I said, a little bit limited time today. Uh, let's talk about the Browns. Kind of interesting. Um, you know, Miles Garrett had that awful um, car wreck. Uh, thankfully, he's okay. Uh, but it looked like the Browns kind of felt it. Um, you know, they were without him. They were without J on Clowney. And, you know, yeah, I mean, they're a better team than the Falcons going in the game. But, you know, NFL teams, its you know, nobody in the NFL is really like Rutgers. Any given Sunday, you know, things could happen. It happened. Falcons over the Browns. Um, Did it surprise you that much with the injuries on the Browns? What do you think happened there?
1: Um, Well, first of all, I actually did kind of call it that. I did say that, yeah, the Browns look better, but – on paper, but do not sleep on this Falcons team. I did definitely said that on the last episode. The Falcons guys, they might not be a playoff team, but they're going to ruin someone else's playoff contention for sure. They got guys, and they kind of showed it. They literally won the game with Marcus Mariota completing seven passes. Let yeah. that sink in. Like, come on now. Like, they ran the football well. I think that's what – kind of stand out with the Falcons why they won is that they ran the football well. They really took advantage of Cleveland Browns missing all their de- defensive linemen um, just getting to the next level uh, just running down their throats and without having missing all their defensive guys. So that kind of took a toll on them on the offensive end uh, and where's Amari Cooper? I guess that's probably the best thing I could say. Yeah,
0: that. what was he? One catch for nine yards. He even make
1: even make the Atlanta trip. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what happened to him. He got he got he got trapped in Terrell Island. AJ yeah. Terrell Island balled out against him. He went one on one against him, and he was on him like flies to garbage. Uh, so that was probably a probably the low key key of the game. If they they could make they were able to run the football with Nick Chubb and still not enough. But they were not able to get enough from their passing, and they were depending a lot on Amari Cooper. And take him out, then all you have to do is just stop, able to stop the run long enough where, where they could just get through the win. And I think that's what exactly what happened. And some you could just probably say is the, you could probably say is the play college has always been an issue with what's going on with um, Cleveland, with not running the ball when the only thing that's moving your offense is Nick Chubb, and you're still trying to open up the pass with just with um, Jacoby Brissett. Knowing that Jacoby Brissett is not going to be what you want him to be. He's going to be inconsistent. That's why he is who he is. He'll give you some good games, and he'll give you some bad games. That's just who he is. He's up and down. That is so Depending too much on Jacoby Brissett instead of the one that continuing to work for you and you still haven't utilized them to his potential is Nick Chubb and you're running. Again. And if they can't get grips to that, then you're going to see some more losses on the Cleveland Browns.
0: Well, yeah, I look back at that Browns win over the Steelers. Brissett looked well. I think part of the reason why it looked well was Chubb set him up. When you've got a guy like Nick Chubb running like he did, and and Chubb had a really good game against the Steelers, yeah, that's going to make Brichette look good. I mean, Brissett had a really good game against the Steelers. They just didn't seem to get that going against the Falcons, and you know, and you know, we're talking mostly EFC North here, but I'll, let me mention something about my team at Steelers. You've got to score points to win today's NFL, and you know, what did the Browns score? 20 points? that's not always going to win. I mean, the, the defense isn't what it used to be with a lot of NFL teams and, and you got to score. I mean, it's the thing with the Steelers. They've been quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. I don't know if Kane Pickett's the answer or not, but Mitch Trubisky is throwing up like 10, 12, 14 points a game. That's not going to win you any games in the NFL. You, you got to score. And I know where the Browns are going through. I know they're waiting for Deshaun Watson to come back. I mean, I know, They're a little hamstrung right now with that. But you still got to score points. And, and, you know, Peter, you're right, man. Get that running game going. Then you got percent looking good. I mean, you can score points even with the personnel you have right now.
1: Right, right. I mean, going back to your Steelers logic, I mean, is that really the only issue with them? I mean, yeah, offensively. Oh, they're they're I, a poor
0: football team right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty bad right now on all cylinders. Um, the quarterback situation with uh, Kenny Pickett, maybe he might create a spark. I mean, he did show some potential there that he could win you a football game if you put him in the right right situation. But the offensive line is still poor. Your defense, I didn't even realize T.J. Watt wasn't. I know TJ Watt is an elite player, but you haven't won a game since TJ Watt went down. I don't know if y'all. I don't know if you noticed that stat. Um, so yeah, the Steelers are pretty down right now, and it's going to continue to get worse now that your defense is banged up.
0: Well, I'm trying to look up this record because it's insane. I'm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this is as of September 25th, so. You got another loss to it, but since 2017, get this, Peter, Steelers are 52-24-2 and two with TJ Watt. So I mean, they've won games. Record without Watt, 0-7. With there Watt it to is. Give up, was what I
1: was looking for.
0: Yeah, with Watt to give up 20 points a game. Without him, to get to give up 26. And again, that was before last game. Uh with what three and a half sacks, without what 1.7 sacks. So um yeah, and you know, tell you, Peters, they got uh the Bills next, <laughs> they got the Buccaneers next, then they play the Dolphins and they play the Eagles. I mean, they could play a lot better, and you still lose four games. I mean, those are gonna be hard games to win, I and mean, those are four of your better teams in the NFL right now, which just is crazy. So yeah, later Every- tonight.
1: Oh, the AFC, I was about to say, the AFC North division, they're, they're having it hard themselves. It's not just – it's not even just the Steelers, man. We can go back with the Browns. They got the Chargers. They got the Patriots. They got the Ravens. Oh, yeah. They still – the AFC North, we were hoping that they were going to be, like, the one of those superior competitive divisions. And it's just completely going – Backwards with them, and look like that. It's just the only thing positive going with them is the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Well, here's the issue of both the Browns and the Steelers. You look at their schedules over the first four games. If they were going to be a playoff team, and you know, Peter, we talked about this with the Browns. You know, what would the Browns' record need to be when Deshaun Watson comes back for them to have a chance? And I think, like with the Browns, you were telling me like what seven and four or six and five at very worst. You can't lose games like that. I mean, to be 7-4 and four, when Deshaun comes back, you've got to beat the Atlanta Falcons. And not, And you're right. The, the Falcons are a pesky team. They're going to get you if you're not careful. But you're not a playoff team if you don't beat the Falcons. Like, the Steelers are a playoff team if they don't beat the Jets. I mean, these are games you have to win to say, hey, maybe they can make the playoffs later. And, and it, you know, they just didn't do it. And, and I mean, on the Steelers' end, Play K, pick Pickett, see what you got. If he completely falls on his face, and the Steelers are like two and fifteen or whatever, now you could go pick CJ Stroud or Bryce Young in the draft. You, you know, I mean that's kind of where I'm at with Steelers right now. And you know TJ White, he's supposedly going to be ready to play in a couple of weeks. Hey, if we're one and seven, rest TJ. <laughs> TJ doesn't need to uh, risk injury for one seventeen. Right? So. I, it's a bummer, pier, but I think I feel better about it when I realize, hey, they're not a good team this year. You know, I mean, that's it pretty be, much it
1: be the first losing season under Mike Tomlin.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny because I think a lot of those guys, maybe even Tomlin himself, freak out about it, and I think that's why they kind of kept uh, Trubisky in for as long as they did. But I, I'm sitting here, I'm like, you, you know, the Browns um, media would always say this before this year. We need to find the franchise quarterback. That's where the Steelers are at right now. It's clear that Mitch Trubisky is not the guy. I don't even know if Kenny Pickett's the guy. But right now as they approach that, and and you're right, there's a lot more problems than just a quarterback with Pittsburgh. You got to find that guy. You got to play Pickett, see what happens. I, I think he gave him a spark. I'm not sure if he's the quarterback. But, I mean, Trubisky was kind of afraid to throw it downfield. At least Pickett's more of a gunslinger. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Um, I, I want to definitely talk about this. Um, well, first of all, let's mention this real quick. This is AFC North for land. The Ravens kind of had a wild loss over the weekend. They lost to the Bills. The Bills are a really good team. But, man, they were up by a lot. It looked like the Ravens had the game in the bag, and the Bills came back. And I think part of it is the Bills are a really good team. But, man, what what's your take on the Ravens? I mean, why couldn't they close this game out?
1: Probably want to start with the coach. You can start with yeah. Hardball. Um Yeah. I, I don't know. I just still can't get over why you wouldn't just go for the points instead of going for it all. I mean literally it came down by you just gotta get him the field goal and just get him to the stop and you could have won. That was kind of what I was on and Hardball's gonna have to eat with that. I'm sure a lot of his players felt that way. I know Marcus Peters definitely felt yeah. that way. Uh, it's just those things that you just can't not – that's just one of those questionable things about with the Ravens right now. They are a legitimate team. They are a good team, especially with Lamar Jackson, who we ain't going to – I mean, we also got to hit Lamar Jackson's accountability as well for some of his questionable decision-making. But at the same time, you could. For hardball, you continue to put themselves in a situation where you could have just gone for the points instead of just forcing them to go for the end, go for the touchdown, which is bold, and I'm sure nobody won't talk about it if they actually execute it. But at the end of the day, when you're going against a superior Buffalo Bills team, you really cannot afford any kind of mistakes. And that's what happened with the Buffalo Bills, and I thought they would learn from that after that Miami Dolphins game when you allow five touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And right. yet, look where we are now with the Baltimore Ravens. So that's going to be the Achilles heels with them. It's not Lamar Jackson and what he can do. He's going to do what he do best. But are you going to continue with these, with these conservative play calling? It's just been an issue with the Baltimore Ravens all this time, and it's definitely going to hurt them if they don't get that right.
0: Well, I think part of the problem with the Ravens, you got to figure out what you're doing with Lamar Jackson. I, I know Lamar Jackson wants a ton of money. I understand that. And I understand what happens when you give a quarterback a lot of money. It, it impacts the rest of your team, just in the amount of salary cap that you have to spend on other guys. And I know that Lamar Jackson hasn't been the top, top, top quarterback in the NFL. But, you know, right now, Pierre, man, quarterbacks – are demanding and getting a lot of money. I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. Look at, I mean, it sets the market, and you're going to have to pay your Lamar Jackson's, your Joe Burrow's, a lot of money. And I I got i got to think, I don't think there's a lot of dissension right now, but right now Lamar doesn't have a contract. Uh, You don't know if the Ravens want to keep him or not. Do they franchise him next year? They got to figure that stuff out.
1: They're not going to franchise him. And he's not going to take the franchise either, which he should like rightfully so.
0: Right. But I guess what I'm saying is I, I think it just hurts that room, even if it's not being talked about. Doesn't it help when you say, hey, this is our quarterback. We like, we trust him. He's a guy moving forward. And I can see the issues with giving him a ton of guaranteed money. But what else he you have here? I mean, you can't uh, – you know, I mean, it's not guaranteed you're going to find that guy in the draft. Are they going to get another guy in free agency? Look, the Steelers. I know Big Ben wasn't the same guy as he was, but once you lost Big Ben, you're back to square one. You're one and three. You know, I mean, I mean, what would you do if you're the Ravens? I mean, I'm not saying you have to give Lamar the money, but where are your other options at right now? You know,
1: there really isn't any options like that right now. They. They did gave him an offer, and he turned it down. There's really – I don't know what else they could have done at that. They thought that this was a reasonable deal and he will still be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks. Uh, But that's not what Lamar wants. Um, I think the only solution is if you really believe – if you really believe Lamar Jackson as your franchise quarterback and you want him longevity, then – you might as well just hand him a blank check, and he—that's—that's that's probably the only solution there. It's not like what? Lamar has an agent to negotiate with; it's literally him in the front office. So It's—he's it's, betting on himself, and he's continuing to prove that you—that I am your franchise quarterback. Look at all the numbers. Look what I've done already, and I'm likely going to be MVP this year, and you're—and I'm going to walk away. And for someone who can't afford me, and look at yeah. my own terms. That's what Lamar Jackson's on right now. So it's gonna hey. it's gonna be a bad. It will be a complete blowback on the Baltimore Ravens. But if but in Baltimore Ravens defense, how else were they gonna handle this?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, right now Mitch Trubisky could be a Raven next year if they get rid of Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I, I I think Lamar Jackson's the greatest quarterback of all time. But again. Like we're saying, okay, who's your alternative right now? You know, I mean, you don't want Tyler Mitch Hunley. Trubisky or...
1: Tyler Huntley. You, he look pretty
0: good when he's
1: on the field, so maybe they might give him a chance, maybe. I don't man,
0: know. He'll be, be a lot cheaper. I mean, I, he's... He's no know, different I, than Lamar. I, I heard some talk at the end of last year, and Steelers is insane. They everybody is free. They think they can just go, <laughs> you know, they don't understand the whole trading thing. But, you know, a lot of people said, man, if the Steelers need a quarterback, maybe, talk, you know, Huntley could be a quarterback for Steelers. Yeah. He was, he was interesting. He kept the Ravens in games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know the Ravens lost a, a lot of games in a row, but man, Huntley kept them in games. The Ravens never got killed at the last year. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, very good. Hey, I, I, I've got like two minutes left. I hate to – I know you're passionate about the Dolphins and everything. How do we take care of a situation with the Dolphins? And uh, I should give you more than two minutes to talk about this. But what's your quick way – I mean, I I really think the NFL needs an impartial concussion guy to look at these guys and say, hey, you're good or you're bad. Because I don't know what the Dolphins should have done. You know, yeah, they want to try to win the game. I mean, unless I think two is dying. The Pulling
1: issue, the issue is the protocol itself. That's, yeah. that's what it is. There's, I don't know what was the why Dolly was supposed to do, and uh, they did have neurologists on site, that they always do. Um, but I don't know. There was if if two didn't get injured in that Cincinnati Bengals game, we would not have this discussion right now because right now just trying to bring it up and now they're looking for a fall guy because it's bad because of the PR. That's just what it is. Now the Miami Miami Dolphins, he's in protocol right now, um, and we'll see what happens. But right now the issue is the NFL protocol itself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I just get a non-partial guy, guy from the NFL, and just he can make that call. He can say, man, this guy's not looking good. He's got to sit for the game. And then on the other hand, you don't want let defenders say, okay, you know, if, if a defender makes a horrible hit to give a guy a concussion, maybe the defender goes out of the game too. Almost like the college targeting rule. Now, I know the college targeting rule gets a little crazy at times, but you got to protect these players. And I don't think it's on the coach to do that. You, you have to have somebody impartial because what's the coach going to do? Oh, he might have a concussion. We got to uh, keep on the game. No, the coach wants to win. And I think, if, like you said, the protocol screwed up. If you have a guy that can make that determination, I think the NFL will be in a much better place.
1: That's something and, they're going to have to address in a collective bargaining agreement.
0: Makes yeah. Sense. Well, and, and we've heard over the past couple of years all these great athletes dying with CTE issues, like Junior Seau and all these other guys that, you know, just, I mean, as a big fan of football history, I'm like, these guys are gone. You know, because of CT issues. Uh, my first Hall of Fame I ever covered was Mike Webster being inducted. And Mike Webster couldn't put two words together because of the CTE issues. I don't know, man. It's tough. Well, Pierre, thanks so much for your time. I uh, had some <laughs> issues with our car we had to take care of. So we got to move things around. Uh, next week, we'll have more of a longer show and we can talk about the crazy world of football. Um, uh, real quick, who's Mansfield play this week? Who's what's playing? Mansfield. Maslin.
1: Sorry, it's Mansfield. I meant Maslin. Mans uh, – now you got me saying Mansfield. Yeah. Maslin, Maslin is playing a team in Buffalo, New York, Canace – uh, no, um, can, can is. I think that's how you pronounce it.
0: Is it um, in Maslin?
1: Yeah, it's, it's at Maslin. That's what they okay. play. So they're on a six-game. 3 games like going to go to seven.
0: All right, well, check out Pier's coverage, Canton Repository, Massive Independent, Line Review, whatever sarcastic paper you prefer. Uh, Pierre's going to be there covering Massive for you. All right, Pierre. thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Hang out a second. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Have a good one. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book,